Well, good morning and welcome to church. So thankful that you are here to worship God with us today. He is so worthy of worship, so worthy of praise. My name is Travis, the lead pastor, and, uh, and we, we're excited to have some baptisms this morning and just celebrate as a church family uh, those who are, who are saying, I'm, I'm all in with him, uh, dying to the, what was and, and living for what he has for me. And so we're going to get to have that celebration today. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about, as Andy said, the Rhythm of Revival, a series that we've been in for quite a number of weeks now. And throughout the course of this series, we've been using different analogies to kind of capture what it means to stay in rhythm with God, to stay in rhythm with the life that He wants to give us as His people. And there have been different ones like, uh, you know, the, like the kid uh, standing on their, their mom or dad's feet and kind of dancing with them and staying in perfect step because they're literally standing on your shoes. And, you know, there's a time where we come to God in that way and we're just little kids and say, God, we want to stay in step with you in, in those ways and enjoy you in, in that way. There's uh, been examples of uh, staying in step with him, walking in the spirit. We're, we're challenged to, to stay in step with the Spirit as we, as we walk. Talked about running, and if he goes to the left, we want to go to the left. If he goes to the right, we want to go to the right. And all these different uh, kind of analogies and pictures that we can uh, even uh, imagine. And, and some of them kind of show a, a progression, right? Okay, as a kid, I, I learned to just stay on Dad's feet, and I stay in step with him. Then I learned to walk on my own and move with him and ultimately to run. Today's uh, analogy is maybe the, the best one that we've had in, in the way that it describes the rhythm of God. And today we're going to use the analogy of a river. And a river has a certain flow and rhythm to it. It remains within its banks, and yet there is a way that it twists and turns around bends and curves and maneuvers around rocks and other obstructions, and it has a, a certain rhythm to it. And yet it's not quite as explanatory as, uh, you know, walking, like we learn to walk or we, 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 we learn to, you know, to dance and stay in step. But, but the rhythm of a river is a little more unpredictable. It, the rhythm of a, of a river is a, is a little harder to, 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 to stay in, um, in unless we are fully in the river and going with the current. Uh, my, my family and I, we've had opportunities to go white water rafting, and there's a particular place where we've often gone right, right on the Arkansas River, uh, just north of the Royal Gorge and even through the Royal Gorge in, in, in Colorado. And the last time we, we went, we had a guide that had started the company on which we were, we were using um, and actually had since sold it and, uh, to another person but was still operating as a, as a river raft guide and had been doing it for over 40 years uh, on the same stretch of river da down the Arkansas. And, and when he took us down the river, the, the things that he would describe and what he would, the details that he would point out uh, kind of spoke of the way that he had come to know the rhythm of the river. Uh, he knew right where everything was. He was able to, like, like so many guides, if you've ever been white water rafting, you're able to navigate through the waters of this river. But the fact that he had been doing it for 40 years just, just spoke volumes of like, okay, you know this river and this section of the river like the back of your hand. 
And, and it, it, it speaks to me uh, of a way that I want to know the, the river of God, the river of God that's actually illustrated in Scripture numerous times, this life-giving river uh, that flows from God and, and that we're invited to come into. And, and I just uh, picture myself wanting to be a man like of this man's age who for, for the last 40 years of his life had just been in the river, and knew the river and knew the rhythms of the river. We had another experience, uh, whitewater rafting, and uh, we probably were a little overambitious in taking our kids uh, because they were little. They were like six, seven, and nine, and it was a, a pretty rough time of year, so uh, we were gonna be in some class four rapids, and so uh, we were like a little hesitant. We were like, we're, we're adventurous. We're gonna do this, and, uh, and they were game because they had never done it before and didn't know what they were getting into, and... Uh, and the, you know, so we get to the company and they're like, well, yeah, technically, you know, they, they fit the, the age requirement barely, um, but there were no other kids around and they were like, okay, you sure you want to do this? And we're like, we're sure. Um, and so we, we get uh, on the boat and we're going down and it, it's, it's pretty rough out on the river on that day. In fact, uh, our, our kids got a little scarred. They still have some of this because, because the boat in front of us completely capsized. And so they're, they're seeing it because uh, they're like down in the bottom on, in the front and they're like, oh my goodness. And we're like picking people up out of the water into our boat. Um, and so it was hard to get them back on a river raft later in life, but uh, they, they overcame. <laughs> Um, but we found out later, so we were talking to this, to our guide, much younger than the, the man that we had recently, but he had been doing it for only like four or five years. And, uh, and he was, we were talking to him about like, how often does, do boats like capsize like that? And, uh, and how does that happen? He said, well, around here on this stretch of river, we, we say it's, it's not if you'll capsize a boat as a guide, it's, it's when you'll capsize a boat as a guide. And we're still halfway through. So we're like, oh my goodness, what, maybe we, we're, not, we're not feeling like the best parents in the world right now. But, but, we, but we're continuing and we're saying, so we ultimately ask him, well, how many times have you flipped a boat? Like we're kind of interested now. And, uh, and he said, well, actually, I, I never had. And so they, they saw the error of our ways as parents and gave us the very best guide that they had because uh, he had actually never flipped a boat. He had proved himself to have come to know the rhythm of the river, to, to learn how to, to navigate the, the, the rhythms of this river and the particular areas of, of danger and to, to, to go in, in the flow of the current um, as, as to get down to, to the end. And so there, there's something today of an analogy that we're going to use in looking scripturally at the river of God. But I, I really believe for us today that it's so much more than an analogy. That there, there is a, a picture that we're, we're given in, in this river, but there is also a reality that God wants us to know uh, about this river. I want us to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. This is a book in the Old Testament, one of the, the prophets of the people of God in, in, in the Old Testament during the time where Israel was in exile. And so he was prophesying over a day to come uh, where the glory of the Lord would be revealed. And uh, throughout the last several chapters of the book of Ezekiel leading up to chapter 47, He's, uh, he's having a, a heavenly vision, and there's somewhat of an angelic figure that we'll, say, that we'll see here in just a moment that's leading him around, 
um, is leading him and showing him different aspects of the temple and the glory of the God in the temple and, and describing to him the city of Jerusalem and the, the people of God. I, I love how the, the book of Ezekiel ends in, in this vision that God's given him. And it says, it, it, it describes the entire city and the temple and this river that we're gonna read about. It says in the very last verse of Ezekiel, and the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. And I just love how it ends. It's just the Lord is there. That will be the name of the city. And I, as I was kind of reading that this week, I was like, maybe we need to change the name of our church. Like just the Lord is there because that's our desire that the Lord would be here in, in our midst that he would be glorified and his presence would fill this place. But there's just this beautiful poetic picture that we're given of the river that we see both as an analogy but also how I, I want to point out to us today that it is very much at the same time a reality that God wants us to experience. So let's just read in Ezekiel 47, uh, beginning in verse 1, as we see and are introduced to this river. The man, this man that's been kind of showing him around in this vision, brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And then, he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. And as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. And he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And he measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. And when it, when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Englaim. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This river is, is depicted here in Ezekiel at, at great length. Another place that we find a, a greater length of this river being described is in Revelation 22, another vision that the, the apostle John has of this river flowing from the throne room of God from beneath the throne. Here in this picture, it's flowing from the temple. Specifically, it's flowing from the sanctuary of the temple. So we know that this river, it originates in the presence of God. 
There, there is something that is flowing from the presence of God that he invites us into. This, in, in this river that flows, um, it flows with life. Everywhere it goes, it brings life. And this is where we go from just something that's analogous to something that's real. That there are places in us that God wants to identify that need to be touched by this river. For every single one of us. And there is a beckoning in, that comes from the heart of God for us to come in, not only into the shallow waters, but into the deep waters. That's one of the significant things that we read about in this passage of Scripture, that not only does this river flow from the throne room of God, uh, but that we are invited into the river. And, and this is a, a, a poetic example that as I was reading through commentaries in preparation for this morning, uh, re repeatedly uh, read it as a, as a poetic invitation from God. And, and it begins with this ankle deep water where we come and we begin to, to walk with him and know him in, in ankle deep water. We step in and we see that the water is good. And as we move forward and walk with him, uh, what, what Ezekiel found was he found himself in knee-deep water. And as he continued to walk, these thousand cubits is about a third of a mile. So he ended up going a full mile outside of the temple. He found himself in, in waist-deep water and ultimately in water uh, in which he could not uh, reach the bottom, a, a, a mighty flowing river where he had to, to swim. And so we have this picture of the flow of water that's ever increasing, and this, this picture of a river that brings life to everywhere that it goes. And we as the people of God are meant, we're made to live in the river, to come to know the, the rhythms of this river of life that originates in the heart and the presence of God. But all too often, we find ourselves wading in the shallow waters of the river. And I think that's something that God wants to, to challenge in us today. It, it, and he, something that he wants to it, it do is to invite us into the deeper waters of the spirit. Not as an analogy, but as a reality. Like who will come today? Who, who will come and who will step into the deeper things of God? Be, because we're, we're much more comfortable, even thinking about uh, just a, a physical river, if you've ever been in a, a river or even like a, a more of a, of a creek or a smaller body of water in that way, where you step in and ankle deep, you're feeling okay, feeling pretty secure. I can walk in ankle deep water and I feel pretty secure. It's kind of nice and refreshing. Uh, and, and then though, if you step into a deeper part of the river and you get up into knee deep water, you're like, okay, I'm feeling a little, a little less stable here as the water rushes by. And, and it goes something like this, I, I think in, in the Christian life is that sometimes we can get into the river, but we like to stay in places where we're comfortable. Where, where we can actually stay grounded in our own two feet so that we can have a sense of stability in our own strength. And, and the deeper waters feel a little uncomfortable. There is uncertainty. There, there is an unknown. There is a level of trust in the, in the Christian life and going in the deeper waters that, that can be a little unsettling. And so there is something in our human nature that actually would prefer 
to stay on, on, on ground where, where, where we know that we're stable. And, and that can often be reflected in, in the church or in rules and regulations or in different language that we use um, because we, we want to stay in a place where we have a little more control over how this thing is going to go. Because actually, when you're standing in the river like that, there is an element where you're, you're feeling the refreshing, you're feeling the flow of the river, but you're actually still standing in opposition to where the river is, is going. And, and so that river is pushing up against you, and, and it's a little uncomfortable. And ultimately, the beckoning of God is to go into the places of the, of the deep where what are you doing now? You're floating. I mean, you're, you're flowing with the river. You're no longer standing in opposition. You're no longer actually in a place of like, I'm having to fight against this or, or I'm having to stand on my own, but I'm actually now, and maybe there's a place of trust. Maybe there's a, 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 a temptation to fear because now if I'm going into the deep, what am I gonna do? But ultimately, the place that God calls us to in the deep is a sweet place of trust and peace and rest. It's actually in the shallow waters that we have kind of the wrestle and we, we know we should, there should be more. Or like, and actually, here, here's what often happens, I think, in the shallow waters is that we get tired. We, we get tired of standing in our own strength. And, and I think that the, the invitation of God is, is an invitation into his rest into his rhythms of life. And, and I think there are, there are those in this room even that are standing in ankle or knee-deep water and, and you're tired. You're tired of, of putting on a, a facade because that's kind of what we do. Okay, we stand, we look like we have it all together because we're standing in our own strength and we're solid, but all the while we're actually not that solid, right? They're... they're we're not that solid, and yet we, we have to put on a facade like we are, or, or there's things maybe that we're grieving in our lives, things that didn't go like we thought they would go. There, there, there are people in this room that, that are, 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 are grieving uh, loss of, of relationship, May, maybe with a, a son or daughter, a, a, a mother or a father, Someone that was a close friend, there's a, a loss of relationship and you're just trying to hold it together and stay, I'm, I'm standing in the water, but, but I'm having to hold it together in my own strength. For some, I, I think that you've, you've wandered into the shallow waters, but, but maybe, maybe now you're like, well, if this, this is all there is, then, then I'm, I'm out of here because I feel like I'm always, there's a flow of water going against me and I'm kind of fighting upstream. What is this? I don't feel the, the, the nearness of God or the power of God, or maybe there, there was an authority in your life that, uh, that, that did, did something that was hurtful, whatever it might be that you've now maybe exited the river or you made your way back upstream, like I don't need this. I, I, don't, I don't need this. And God is saying, no, you, you missed it. There, there was so much more for you. And so I don't know all of the things that you today come into this room carrying, the, the weights that you feel, the, the grief or burden that you carry that you feel like you have to carry on your own or that life demands you to keep going forward. And you've got to keep standing in your own strength. And, and you don't have time or the ability or the know-how to just go into the river. But God is inviting you so sweetly and so tenderly today to step 
into the deep places of the river. And when you do, it is a declaration of trust. There is a declaration of trust that I I am not trusting any longer in, in my own ability to provide stability for my life. I'm not going wading into only ankle, knee, or waist deep water, but I am receiving the invitation from God to go deeper, to go into the deeper things of God that have made me in the past feel uncomfortable. That, that have made me feel, uh, you know, a, a leeriness in, in my spirit, but, but I trust him. This river is a, a little, it's a little backwards in that it, it, it starts with a tiny trickle, and, and there's, no, there's no other streams that are flowing into it that are mentioned. But what we know of the kingdom of God and the reality of his spirit and his presence is that there is only increase. The Bible talks about the increase of peace and the increase of his authority. It doesn't know an end. It only knows increase. And so this river only gets bigger. It starts with a tiny trickle, but it only, there's only increase. There's only ever increasing opportunity for us to, to wade into the deep, refreshing waters of God and trust him as he carries us down the river. Now, in this picture... As, as Ezekiel gets into the, the deep waters of God, uh, this, this, uh, this guide brings him over to the side of the river to get a perspective of, of what's happening. And, and, and so we see what this river brings to those that experience it uh, because it begins to flow down to the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea is a body of water that has no outlet. And, and so as such, it has such a high salt content that it cannot host uh, life in the form of, of fish or things that, uh, that, that would live of, of that size. And so uh, there, there's, there's not much of any life to speak of. It's, it's the Dead Sea for a reason. There's also no vegetation around it. There, there, there's not a source of, uh, of water that would allow vegetation to grow around it. But what we des- what's described here is that this river comes and it enters and flows down into the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. And now there are swarms of living creatures uh, that, that, that live there. There will be large numbers of, of fish because of the, the, the fresh water. Um, it says that fishermen will stand along the shore, uh, all, all along the shore, spreading their nets because there will be many kinds of fish uh, and there will, be, there will be trees, fruit trees of all kinds that will grow, uh, and that their, their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will never fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Again, I want us to think reality here, that there is a reality of the life of God that flows to his people. And there are places in us that need to experience that reality. There are places in us today that need to experience that reality. There, there, there is a, um, a cry that comes up from God's people, from any one of us at a given time, of, I, need, I need help, God. Don't you help me? I'm, I'm in a place here and I need help, okay? That, that may need to change a little bit today uh, to, to something like this. God, I don't just need a little bit of help. I need you to come and take over. Like we're, we're done with just a little help. 
uh, done with like, can you, can you help me out with the, this little thing, God? And like, okay, now I'm wading through the water a little more. And like, oh, I kind of get stuck again. I don't know how to, can you help me here, God? I think we're, we need to become a people. We're like, God, we don't just need a little help here and there. We need you to come and take over. And it speaks to this river where we're not just trying to wade and make our way through the river and through this Christian life, but we're saying, God, we need you to come and take over fully. We need you to come and sweep us off our feet that we might experience the fullness of the river of life, that our lives might be representative through these, these trees, these fruit trees where we're bearing fruit, where there is life. And not only are we bearing fruit once or twice a year, but every month of the year there's fruitfulness. That, 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 and that the leaves are providing healing. There is healing that's needed today in this room. And God is offering it to you through this river of life. If we'll just come and say, God, I need you. I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to try to hold myself up in my own strength anymore. I don't want to try to hold it together. I need to come and I need to grieve. I need to come and I need to be vulnerable. I need to come and say, God, I trust you. Come and take over. And it's in that place that we can actually move with him in this rhythm of revival, this rhythm of life that he extends to us that we might dwell with him forever and ever. And so it is that, as it says there in verse 9, where, so wherever the river flows, everything will live. Where the river flows, everything will live. And that's God's heart for you. That's his heart in the person of Jesus, who himself declared, I have come to give you life and life to the full. I want to finish up this morning by reading one other passage of scripture out of uh, the book of Acts. And this gets really practical uh, and, and really connects uh, us to the, this river to, 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 to baptism, as we're talking about water, and, and throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, this, this water was always, a, a, it, was a, it was blessing. There was fruitfulness when it, in, in life um, is, is a picture of, of water. And we have this story of uh, a man from Ethiopia who is, works in the treasury of the queen. And uh, he is he's on a, he's in his chariot riding down the road, and he's reading from the book of Isaiah. And I, and I want to pick up in that story and relate it to, to, to what we're talking about here in the river. It says this in Acts 8, 29. The Spirit told Philip, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the followers of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, and it says, uh, he said to him, go to that chariot and stay near it. So we have this Ethiopian man riding down the road in, in this um, in this carriage, in this chariot, and the Holy Spirit speaks to Philip and says, you see that chariot? I want you to go up and walk next to it. So Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? How can I, the man said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news 
about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. The story is a story of a man who was thirsty. A man who, um, if you look a little more into the story, was somewhat of a, of a, of a convert perhaps to Judaism and is in, in a search for God, was reading through the scripture saying, who is this man? That, that's what he was asking. I know that there's a reality. I know that there's a place of comfort. I know that there's a source of life. And, and I'm getting hints of it here as I'm reading through the prophet Isaiah. And it's speaking of this man, who is he? And you know that there are people all around you. There are people in this room with the same question, who is he? How can I know him? And they're looking for somebody like Philip who would say, can I just tell you the good news about Jesus? Can I tell you who that man is? Can I tell you that longing in your heart, that unsettledness, the constant looking and searching for something to fulfill you and satisfy you. Can I tell you about the only thing that will bring satisfaction? Can I, can I bring you into the river? And he tells him the good news about Jesus and the, this eunuch is like, yes, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. And look, there's water. Is there anything that would keep me from being baptized? And there's, the answer is no, there's nothing. And so they went down to the river and he went all the way in and he, 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 he was baptized and saying, this is, this is it. This is all that I want. This is all that I need. There is an invitation for you today. On, here on this Baptism Sunday, as we're about to uh, baptize all, all these people today that are saying this thing, I, I'm in for him. I, I want all that he has. And as we move to that place, I, I want us to just pause and allow God to speak to us. God, what do you have for me? What are the places where I have been trying to stand in my own strength and been trying to do the right thing? And there's been moments where I've cried out to, for help, but God, I just need you to come and take over. I can't stand anymore. I can't, I can't hold it all together anymore. And he's inviting you to just come in your own weakness, in vulnerability, in your grief, and come to the river. So I want you to stand with me right now. And before we move into the time of baptisms, I just want to open up this front to you. And just picture this as we've described it before as the river. And say, God, I just want to come and get in. What right now would keep me from experiencing you? And so it's open and available. We're gonna have some ministry team members over on the side walls. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. But the river's open. And you can, yeah, even right now, just begin coming down. If you need to come and get into the, the river, you're welcome to just come. And there, there may be some that you're, you're feeling like I'm in ankle deep water, I just need to get deeper. There may be some that are standing on the banks this morning. And for the first time, you're hearing about the life that comes from knowing Jesus. I want you to know this, that God's arms are open wide and you can have relationship with him today. 
some of our pastors and ministry team members, again, will be on the side walls. If, if you want to today say, I want to follow Jesus, you can do that. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you about how to do that. You can be baptized today. There may be some in the room that are like, man, I, I, need, to, I need to be baptized, even in a place of obedience. Maybe I've given my life to Christ before, but I, I want to be all in and I want to go. Then, then let's, let's do it. But let's just honor God. Let's go into the river. Let's trust him this morning. Let's not leave this place without responding to him.